I just got in the mail for a fun message and Sister Shay singing Storming the Gates. I was really feeling it. Pastor, I was feeling it so much so that I put those boxing gloves on and I didn't realize how much force comes with those. So I just punched the side of my wall and knocked the pictures off. So there's a lot that comes with those boxing gloves. But that message is for another time because the Lord had a different plan. So this morning, um, I have been doing this Bible study, and I've had it and done it before. But you know how sometimes you put something back and you kind of forget a little bit. And I feel it was vital when I was praying to go ahead and share this with you. But it's uh, from a couple of missionaries. And one of them is um, Brother Mark Schutz. I really enjoy his study. So today, I, don't, I won't have time to go through all of this. So I just picked out what I felt the Lord showing me to share with you. But it's revival by design and walking with God. So I know that we just had three days of prayer and fasting. And um, I know that I gleaned a lot and heard from the Lord. And I really feel like a lot of us also did too. So when you know the enemy comes at you, you know you're doing something good for the Lord. So let me slow down because I just drove that church van to get people here as fast as I could. <laughs> okay, so let's just uh, take a moment. I just want to pray and switch from church van to um, Bible study. Lord, I want to thank you so much, God, for everything that you do. I pray right now, God, that you would open up our minds, open up our hearts, God, our spirits. Give us wisdom to understand your word, to receive your word. God, let it impact us today in a mighty way, God, and help us to apply this to our lives, God. I want to thank you for everything that you do, God. I praise you, and in Jesus' name, amen. So the power of prayer and fasting. So when you fast, I want, Sister Star, would you put up Matthew chapter 6? I'm going to read verses 16 through 18. It says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So, Jesus does not say if you fast, but when you fast. It is very important to know that we need to fast. Every single one of us need to fast. So you should fast at least one day a week, and one day is 24 hours. And this is good for a spiritual life. It helps to give you spiritual authority over your flesh and the devil. So remember that when you fast, you also need to pray. This is spiritual. It is a time of drawing closer to God. And then you should also fast for three days, which is 72 hours, every three months. This fast will help you to completely break the flesh by disciplining it before God, where God becomes your source of strength. You can apply this fast to any area for breaking the yoke from off the people. So it's very important. I think you can see here how important it is to our spiritual walk, our spiritual growth, and our relationship with God to fast. It is very important not to overdo fasting. 
We can become very zealous in fasting and you can hurt the body. And the Bible says that the body is the temple of God. So maintain some balance and talk to your pastor, Brother Sheeran, if you feel to fast for an extended period. So um, he recommends once or twice a year, a seven-day fast is good to take. Personally, I don't think I've yet made it past five days. It's so hard. But I'm going to tell you, when you push away from the table and you spend those days in prayer, you're going to have an encounter. I would even say encounter with the Lord that you've never had before. He will open your eyes. You will be changed. When you come out of that fast and that prayer time, it's going to impact your, your life in a mighty way. So um, fasting is not a time of celebration, but it is a time of afflicting the soul. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach, Psalm 69 and 10. Fasting is a time of humbling yourself before God and getting closer to him. Let's go to James chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So we see that when we mourn and humble ourselves before God, he will lift us up. We will become stronger spiritually. Have you ever looked at someone and say, how are they maintaining themselves or making through that and still smiling? It's because spiritually the Lord is strengthening them. He's carrying them. So um, Esther 4.16 says, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also, my maidens, will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So we find that Esther and the Jews went on a fast. They drank no water and they ate no food for three days. Luke 4.2 says, Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. So we know for sure that he did not eat. The question is, did he drink anything? Forty days is a long time. So the Bible says that afterward, he was hungry. The Bible does not say that he was thirsty. So logically, we can tell from the scriptures that it looks like he at least drank water. It is not good to go without water for over three days. So... You can do a fast before the Lord by not eating any food and just drinking liquids. And in doing this, you are still withholding yourself from eating any food. If you have problems with drinking only water, add lemon. And by experience, do not drink a lot of lemon water on an empty stomach. Sister Littles knows about that with me. So Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 through 3 says, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. 
So we find here that Daniel mourned for three full weeks. Remember that fasting is afflicting the soul. It is mourning before the Lord. It is humbling before the Lord. It appears that Daniel did what looks like a type of fast, seeing that he withheld himself from eating certain things. So you can fast from eating certain things before the Lord as well. Although if you can, it is good to not eat at all. And I will say this, we just did a media fast, and in our day, that is good. Because you're cutting off what you see, what you hear, and you're focusing your sight not on those things, but on the Lord. So then you're feeding off of him more, and you're still cleansing your soul. So that's good. So a good fast for one day is a Jewish fast from the night before, 24 hours later at dinner time. And other times you might want to fast from 12 midnight until dinner time around 5. So these are, um, these are important things to, to take on in our life. These are, I wouldn't want to call them practices, but it's in order if you want to grow in the Lord. And one verse that I have been studying at home is in order for God to do something new in us, he's got, and we want him to do something through us, We've got to let go. We've got to sacrifice. So if you want God to do something through you, he's got to do something new in you. So in order for him to do something new in you, you've got to withdraw, sacrifice, afflict this flesh, and then allow him to move through you. So it's very important that we we fast as much as this says. So, you know, like I said, I've had this Bible study for a, a long time. And I didn't, I haven't practiced this fasting once a week and once every three months. But now that I see it, it's before my eyes again. I want to share it with you because I feel like this is something that we all should be doing all the time. So I want to skip down because, and if you want some more of this Bible study, um, because I don't have time to do all of this. But it goes into even biblical sense of fasting for others as well. So I'm going to skip that. But this is an entire Bible study um, that I don't care to send to you. So if you're interested in it, let me know. I have the link. I'll just forward it to you. But now I want to move on to the principle of early morning prayer. And this is so vital, and this is important to me. So um, we're going to go to Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. And we will first, we will look at the angels. So in Job... Chapter 1, verses 6 through 12, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and sheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doeth Job fear God for naught? So, uh, verse, yes, 10, I'm sorry. Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed, sorry, the work of his hands, and his substance and increase in the land. Thank you, Sister Star. She's doing awesome. But put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. 
And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon, upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And we know that the Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. So Revelation 12.10 says that. So now we're going to go to Job chapter 2 verse 1. And it says, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. So what we see here is that the angels of the Lord presented themselves unto the Lord. There is a chain of command in a ruling in an area. Different princes would make their petitions before the king for their area. So Isaiah 14 and 12, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Satan is referred to as a son of mourning. In Hebrew, this morning is referred to as dawn or the beginning of a new day. So let's go to Genesis 32, 24 through 31. And Genesis 32, verse 24. While she's getting there, I remember, and there she is, but I'm going to insert this. Because I'll never forget this. Sister Magruder taught me this. About how important it is to get up every morning and to pray before the Lord. Because Adam and Eve did the same thing. And when they sinned and they fell short because the word of God says that we all fall short of the glory of God. So they prayed every single morning. And so when they did fall short and they went and tried to hide from the Lord. So they ran from the Lord. And guess what the Lord did? He knew exactly where to go to find them because he would met with them every single morning. So when you pray, you're making that connection with the Lord. He's meeting you every single morning. So I want to insert that. So Genesis 32, 24. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and thou hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou doest ask for my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, I think I say that right, the sun rose upon him and he hath, or, and he halted upon his thigh. Okay, this shows a lot of significance here because in Hosea 12, 3 through 4, this is an angel also, if you want to read that later. It is possible that he had to get going because the dawn was breaking. And we just read in previous scriptures um, that they had to go before the Lord. They had to meet before the Lord. So this angel was sitting there wrestling with Jacob, but he says, he has to go, let go of me because the dawn was breaking. So we already read in scripture that they have to go before the Lord in the early morning hours. So um, 
The dawn was breaking forth, and he had to present himself before the Lord. So men of God rose up early to pray. And I believe that this is an established principle. And Genesis 19 and 27, when we go there and read, that you'll see that... um, And Abraham got up early in the morning to place where he stood before the Lord. So he met with the Lord. Abraham got up early to stand before the Lord. In Genesis 28, chapter 28, when we read, Jacob prays before the Lord early in the morning. So it says, Jacob rose up early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put for his pillows and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil up on the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, I will give me bread to eat and a remnant to put on. And so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Okay, so we know that Jacob prays before the Lord early in the morning, Exodus 34 and 4. Let's see what Moses does. And he hewed two tables of stone, like unto the first, and Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand two tables of stone. Okay, and then Job chapter 1, verse 5. I know I'm going through these pretty quickly right now. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So Job seeks the Lord early in the morning. If we go to 2 Chronicles 29, 20, then Hezekiah, the king, rose early and gathered the rulers of the city and went up to the house of the Lord. So Hezekiah rose up early and he gathered the rulers and they went up to the house of the Lord. Ezekiel 12 and 8. And in the morning came the word of the Lord unto me, saying... So the word of the Lord came to the prophet early in the morning. If you want direction from the Lord, if you want protection from the Lord, if you want provision from the Lord every day, the best thing to do is to get up and go before the king early in the morning before your day starts. So as soon as the day starts, when you have a job, you report to your boss. You know where to report to find out what you have to do that day, what your responsibilities are that day. So why not would we get up in the morning and go before the king and say, okay, God, here I am. Protect my family today, God, because the angels are there. So if we want him to dispatch angels into our home, over our family, at our jobs, if we want to be equipped with the spiritual tools that we need for that day, we need to go before the Lord and ask him to order our steps, to guide us, to give us those divine appointments and to protect our family and so forth. It's important. Mark 1, chapter 1, verse 35. Here's the big one. 
And in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. When you read that chapter in the verses before and after, you're going to know that they're talking about Christ. If we want to be like Jesus, and he shows us the way, because when God was in heaven, what did he do? He rolled himself in flesh. He came to this earth, and he's Jesus, and he walks this earth to show us how we should handle things in life. So even he got up in the morning. He prays in the morning. So why prayer in the morning? Psalms 5 and 3. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. So morning in the Hebrew here means dawn. As the breaking of the day, the root of this word is to seek out in the dawning of the day. Psalms 88 verse 13. But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. So the same word in Hebrew, my prayer in the morning will meet thee, or in other words, he would present himself before the Lord in the morning through prayer at the dawning of day. Psalm 119, 147. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. David is praying again in this verse. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. So in Hebrew, this same root word that was used for Lucifer, the son of the morning, to be up early in the morning. I used to say, so I'm going to go backtrack what I used to tell people and apologize. I used to say, when you wake up, whatever time you wake up, that's your morning. But if you have not read the scriptures that I've been reading to you, reading along, that's not the case. Early in the morning is the breaking of day, the dawn. That's when the angels went before God. The angels didn't go before God when Laura would wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. That's not what the scriptures say. But it gives us a specific time in the morning of what is happening and what the angels are doing and when others in the Bible and the scriptures are praying. So, Psalms 49, 14. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. This is talking about the wicked being laid in the grave of death. So the principle, the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. The same word in the Hebrew for the breaking of the day. This word was used for seeking God at this time. Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God gave Adam dominion over the earth. Satan stole it through tempting Eve. And Adam and Eve both sinned, becoming slaves to sin. So Satan then became the God, little g, or Lord of the earth. So 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4, you can read later, and Ephesians 2 and 2. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay. We fight against these demons. The structure of the demonic powers works within the structure of the government. They influence their slaves. And Satan is trying to unite the world together as one nation, again, bringing unity to his empower. But... He has a problem, and that's the church. So when we join together in unity with prayer and fasting, then um, the gates of hell shall not okay, prevail. And you want to know why? It's because we get that strength. We're getting that wisdom. God's preparing our minds. He's preparing our spirits. So when we meet before the Lord in the day, we're going to be equipped to face whatever we come to during that day because we're praying and when we pray with him every single morning this is such a powerful thing for us to do i i gotta be real careful pastor you just pull me back if i go too far i don't feel like this is an option this is vital to you spiritually it's almost like if you were in the ICU and you was hooked up to oxygen, you have to have that oxygen. Well, the oxygen for you to be able to survive spiritually is aligned directly to God. So you have to pray every single day. Now, for this scripture to show us, and this really woke me up in my spirit, I've got to get up early in the morning. I don't know about you, but I'm not an early morning person. My day starts at 7.30 a.m. That's my early, okay? But that's not the dawn of the day. Pop Cook would be up at the dawn of day. That's what Pop Cook would be up at. But it is so important because it's going to feed us. It's going to strengthen us. It's going to keep us alive spiritually. And if you ever notice, because every single one of us is human, so I know every single one of us has experienced this, and I'm being very transparent. When you see yourself sliding back, and you get comfortable in areas that you normally wasn't comfortable in, you start accepting things that was okay, that wasn't okay, but now is okay. Those are red flags. Are you praying like you used to be praying? Because your conviction is starting to waver. I had my 20-year high school reunion last night. I cannot believe I'm old enough to be out of school for 20 years. I feel like I graduated last year. So... I was sitting around the table with all these individuals, and we haven't seen it. I haven't seen some of them uh, in years. And one of the individuals, we were asking what we were doing. He's always been extremely smart in school, too. Uh, he works with nuclear something at NASA. Um, so, I mean, he was telling us what he was doing, and it was whoo, way over my head. I was smiling and shaking my head. That's awesome. <laughs> I have no idea what he was doing. But I realized it came a point in time where I couldn't stay in fellowship with them anymore, Pastor, because they liked flavorful drinks. And um, it was beginning to be uncomfortable for me to be um, in an area with the language that was starting to pick up in there. A lot of them were Marines. A lot of them were military. And when drink and military and other things mix, it just gets a little crazy. So I knew it was a good time for me to leave because, number one, I tell recovery. I've been in church for 23 years now. I keep saying 22. I've been in church for 23 years now. And before the Lord saved me, I was an alcoholic. I would drink every single day. I would come home from school. I would put Jim Dean and my uh, Jim Beam in my pink Kool-Aid because I love my pink lemonade. 
and I would drink it all the way till bedtime. And then on the weekends, I'm not telling you what I drank, okay? So the weekends were worse than the week, the school week. And um, it just became life to me. Uh, I needed that. As soon as I got out of school, I needed that. Before I left for school, I needed that. That was a need. So it was an addiction. It controlled my life. And so when the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost, it was like that. I didn't need a detox center. I didn't need a counselor to help me walk me through those. God delivered me from that. But I tell them in recovery, I said, I'm not stupid, though. I know how the enemy works. And I'm not going to put myself in a situation where even though Sister Laura's been in church for 23 years, she's safe from falling back into that life. Because I will never tell you, oh, it's okay. I had the Holy Ghost for 23 years now. I'm not ever going to be tempted with that ever again. Because once you have that, and once you fell into that temptation, it's a possibility you can go right back into that temptation. So you have to cover yourself. And I know that if I pray and I seek his face, he's going to protect me from that. He's going to protect you from the things that are hard for you to overcome. But there's been times in my life where I got busy, even with church stuff. I got busy doing church stuff. And you're like, well, that's not good. Well, sometimes winning is losing. You think you're winning because you're doing good things, but in all actuality, you're losing because you're not spending time with the master. And when you get busy, preoccupied, you start falling back, falling back. And the enemy sees that. Uh, We talked about also in recovery that he... It's like a bucket. When This has been sticking to me. When you put it under a faucet, it just starts out dripping. The enemy's not going to come up and be like, Hey, Sister Laura, here's a, body, a bottle of some whiskey, peanut butter flavor. I know it sounds crazy. They have that stuff. Uh, I love peanut butter. I'm not going to take that bottle of peanut butter whiskey. I'm not going to take it because I'm like, you're crazy. Get thee behind me, Satan. That's not how he works. He's not going to boldly just say here because he knows you're going to say no. But he does little drips, little drips. And before you know it, that bucket that was just a little drip, which was no big deal, I can turn and walk away from it and not deal with it. It starts, when you look back, it's overflowing. It's took over you before you even realized it. So I know how important it is to pray. But now I know how important it is to pray at the breaking of dawn, in the morning, in the early morning hours. I see where the angels went before the Lord for direction. Even the fallen angel, Satan, still had to go and get permission. Even before he touched uh, Job. I'm out of time. So let me read this real quick. Oh, I didn't even get. Oh, let's just. Oh, pastor, I'm sorry. Was it 1030? I'm always late. That's not an excuse, is it, pastor? All right, let's stand. But I want to say this. So when the next week start time of discipline I didn't even get into the the lot and all of that but it I will forward this to anybody so pray in the morning and present yourself before God draw close to him so if you have to go to bed earlier so we're these are instructions for us to apply to our life so I I informed us and now I'm giving us instructions to do we got to do so the week after we will be or after this we've already had prayer and fasting let's focus our time on prayer this week because we've already had fasting 
And let's go before the Lord so we can pull Satan down from the high places in our lives and we command him to let people in our family go and our church go. So we need to spend at least one hour a day in prayer. If you can do it this week, I know you can. Look what God's done for you. So some important principles to remember while praying. Spiritual warfare and intercession. We need to do thanksgiving and praise. And then we need to write down what the Lord tells us and he will speak to you in prayer. So if you are going to be ministering somewhere, and all of us minister, Walmart, school, work, wherever we go, we need to increase our prayer time. And we need to take one day a week to fast, okay? And then every three months, I want to encourage us to go on a three-day fast and just seek the Lord. So I want to encourage you, please, let's start, let's bond together as a church family. Every morning, let's get up. And if every one of us is getting up in the morning and we're in unity and praying, what can God do? He can turn this city upside down. Amen. Thank you, Sister Laura, for challenging us today from the Word of God and help us to apply the scriptural principles that have been taught I believe in prayer and fasting. I know that we witnessed it Wednesday night as we had a powerful demonstration of the Holy Ghost in here on Wednesday night. And I am convinced it is because of the prayer and the fasting that went before it. We can see the things we want to see if we'll do the things he tells us to do. And so I want to make application to the information that I've received. If that's your desire, would you lift your hands and your voices to the Lord and ask him to help you to do what he's told you to do. God, I believe that your word is quick and powerful and discerns the thought and intent of the heart. I pray today, God, that you would help us to make application to the information that you have given us from your word. I pray that as we do, we will reap the result that you have declared that we can have. God, help us to see the revival that you have for us and help us to know that if we do what you tell us to, we can have what you tell us we can. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We're going to take a brief break. We're going to begin with a time of prayer and there are multiple needs. We're going to pray for those needs and believe. And then we're going to have a great time in worship. God bless you. Take a break and we'll start service in just a few moments.